long story short, when I got the opportunity to start my own business uh, back in 2003, I was so thrilled because I knew it could be something I could build to leave a legacy to my children and my children's children's. Welcome to Be A Baller, where we discuss how to build a lifelong legacy. I'm your host, Coach Tim Brown. Today, we'll be talking about building a legacy in sports with OSU basketball great Ronnie Stokes, who's also on OSU Radio and 97.1 The Fan. Uh, Today on the show, Ronnie will share about his over 25 years as OSU men's basketball color analyst in sports and also his family business values. Ronnie, welcome to Be A Baller Podcast. Glad to be here, Tim. Great yeah, to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm from the Cleveland area. went to East Cleveland <laughs> Shaw High School, and I know you grew up in Canton, Ohio, which is home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Did you grow up playing football? No, my mom wouldn't let me play football. <laughs> she was very old protective, and for a good reason. She yeah. wanted to make sure you took care of her kids, and right. she didn't let me play football. But I obviously uh, uh, drove by the the Hall of Fame many times and saw its evolution to where it is today. But mm-hmm. proud of my city, where I was born and raised, Canton, Ohio. Now, where are you at in that birth order? Uh, you know, my mom and dad were both married twice, so we were like the the Brady Bunch, if you okay. will. She she brought three children from her previous marriage, mm. and 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 then he brought uh, five, mm. and then there was four that they had together, and I was one of those four. So it's thirteen of us, um, and so is that no twelve of us, and and so uh, it we were it was a bunch, and uh, out of that, I was number. Let me see, I was. Third from the last. Mm. Yeah. So big family, yeah. but I love it, though. Yeah. A lot of siblings, right. so I, I love it. A lot of athletes in the family, a lot of competition. Yeah, my brother was uh, – my older brothers were wrestlers, mm. and they tried to get me to wrestle, but right. I didn't like it. Uh, I remember I, my first wrestling match, some guy – my face went in some guy's <laughs> armpit, and I said, this, <laughs> this isn't for me. I stopped. But they were really, really good at what they do. In fact, one of my brothers made it to the States in right. wrestling, and I, I, really, I really admired him, and he kind of helped me to understand the, to, be, to have excellence in whatever I did athletically. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I understand there was a, a park growing up in Kenya yeah. called Highland Park where you started playing basketball at five. Can you tell the audience about back in the day going to park and watching other guys playing and dreaming of the day yeah, you would man. be able to get on court one? Yeah, the, the game has changed so much in terms of what kids do to play. I mean, you drive around now, you rarely do you see anybody playing outside. Everything's indoor or structured where you go and you get lessons and whatever. Back then, you would call you would, you know, call your guys and say, "Hey, where's the where's the game at today? Where's where the talent is?" And then mm-hmm. typically it was in this park called Highland Park, and you would go up there and as a youngster, um you were you had to earn the right to get on the court because it was the older guys, as we call them, the old heads out there playing, mm-hmm. and it was so stacked in terms on the sidelines mm-hmm. that you know you'd be three deep before you would even get on if you were asked to play, and then mm-hmm. if you did play and you lost, you wouldn't get back on probably for that whole day. So it was very competitive, and um, it was interesting that journey for me because I had to learn how to be an asset once I got on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a story about you in junior high school, you know, only being five nine, that you began playing above the rim. Yeah, yeah. yeah what was that like in junior high playing above the rim? Well, I mean, I had God given ability. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, I could get out there and I could run fast, jump high, and and I, I was blessed with uh, intelligence. Where I was, a, I thought I was a pretty intelligent, high IQ basketball player as well. 
but you had to do things to earn your ride on the court, right? So I would work hard, um, use my athleticism, which I had jumping ability, and I, I try to be a smart player. But yeah, when I was younger, uh, I think one of my gym teachers said, hey, Ron, you know, I couldn't dunk a basketball at first. So he said, start with a tennis ball. And then I, I went up and I dunked it uh, with a tennis ball. And then I gradually got up to the point where I could dunk uh, as a ninth grader um, uh, with a real basketball at whatever age I was at the time. Yeah. What was that feeling with that first dunk in the game? Uh, it was thrilling. <laughs> it was thrilling um, because I did. It was a breakaway yeah, and I got it. I was excited. And then, you know, I never looked back after that. So yeah, I said, I can good. do this anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, Clark Kellogg here. Building a legacy usually involves meeting the unique needs of others and being part of something bigger than yourself. That's why I love First Merchants Bank. First Merchants believes that helping communities prosper means more than just providing banking services. It means offering accessible financial education, expanded access to home ownership, and partnerships with local nonprofits to help raise up neighborhoods and lift families out of financial hardship. For resources and tools available to you, Visit www.firstmerchants.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You know, you went to uh, Cam McKinley High School, which is a, a storied basketball uh, program, athletic program mm-hmm. in the state of Ohio. Can you talk about your high school career at Cam McKinley? Yeah, you're right, man. There's some incredible legends there. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy like Phil Hubbard, who went to uh, Michigan, went to a Final Four there. He was an Olympian. Um, and so many Eric Snow, who went mm-hmm. to Michigan State, played the NBA with the Cavaliers. Gary Grant, who mm-hmm. went to McKinley, played in the league many, many years. There's so many incredible players. And so as a young kid growing up, I just wanted to be part of that that history and so forth. So that was my school. I loved it. And uh, just relish the fact that one day I would be able to wear the, uh, the red and black. Mm. You know, uh, you and your high school and high school and college teammate, Troy Taylor. You know, you guys played on an undefeated regular season team, you know, your senior your senior year. Yeah. How much fun was that and the friendships you and Troy had doing, you know, being that dynamic duel? Yeah, yeah. We became teammates. We were rivals in, in uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. We played against each other in elementary school. Okay. And then in middle school, as a seventh grader, that's when we became teammates. And uh, never lost a game as a seventh grader, eighth grader, ninth grader. And unfortunately... And fortunately, we were very successful, but unfortunately, we never was able to win the championship. We always got beat in the regionals. Mm-hmm. That was one of my biggest regrets as an athlete in high school is that, you know, we had talent. Troy and I were decent players. He was really good, and we were not able to to overcome. I mean, we were undefeated, number one ranked in the state, mm-hmm. top 20 in the country, mm-hmm. but we was not good enough to win enough to get to the state and win the whole thing. But it was an incredible time developing relationships not only with him but my other teammates mm. you know i know there are two things that are very important to you and that's your faith and your family mm-hmm. first off can you talk about your faith yeah i mean um it's interesting i didn't i didn't go to church as a young kid i i knew there was a god i believed that there was one but i you know i just didn't go to church and then you know once i graduated from um high school uh, from college and then i became a uh, husband and then a father, um, I knew that there was something missing in terms of me being a man. And then mm-hmm. I went to, I never forget this, I went to a church called Columbus Christian Center. Pastor David Forbes was there. 
And I, I tell him this story today. When I first went to his church, the very first time I thought he was, everybody else was not there. He was just talking to me. <laughs> he was telling me things that I knew I needed to hear. And from that point on, it changed my entire life. Mm. So I never looked back from then. That was back in 1992. Mm. Now let's get to the good stuff. Let's go to the storybook <laughs> romance uh, uh, with your Allen Elementary School friend and now wife, LaVita. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, that's that's a blessing. I, I, I'll be 61 in February here coming up. And I've known this person, this incredible person <laughs> for... Um, 55 out of my 61 years. I met her when I was in kindergarten. Uh, Then, you know, we were friends, rivals, whatever. We picked on each other because I guess we liked each other. And then we started dating in high school. But she's uh, uh, just an an awesome human being. And I just thank God every day that I met her and she's been in my life. She's my she's my rock. And Mm. But yeah, she she and I became we became we dated in high school and then we got married a couple of years after I graduated from college and four beautiful children. Mm-hmm. We're just excited about life. Three grandchildren and one on the way. Mm, awesome. Awesome. You know, after your uh, playing career, you began a successful career as a OU men's basketball color for now with 27 seasons. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into broadcasting and what has kept you behind that point? Yeah, I mean, one of the un- un- unbelievable opportunities at the Ohio State University is that because it's has a storied football program and, and a great basketball history and being in a city like Columbus, they basically treat the athletes like pro athletes. I mean, mm-hmm. the media coverage is unbelievable. And so you have to understand how to articulate your thoughts because you're going to get interviewed, you're gonna, mm-hmm. whether it's radio or TV. And I always embraced that and love being able to talk about basketball. And, you know, I would, for whatever reason, I had the ability to remember how many points everybody scored, how many rebounds. Mm-hmm. I would scout the other opponent, although it was limited. Back then, we didn't have the internet. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. And because of that, Tim, you you basically had to get in front of a camera uh, or in, in, in front of a mic and after I graduated from Ohio State, uh, the news stations would call me to get my thoughts because I was able to communicate effectively. And mm-hmm. then that led to one thing. And then I was asked to do pre and post game for one year. And then after that, I was asked to be the color analyst and, and um, loved every year for the past 27 years. Mm. You've been blessed to uh, have a front row seat for a lot of big yeah. games. A lot of any yeah. anyone anyone any game. I know, I know there's been so many. I won't yeah. put you on the spot. Any of them jump out at you? Well, I think the the marquee game. I, I think about um, that Mata's first was mm-hmm. one of his uh, incredible wins here. Is when uh, facing Illinois, they were number yeah. one in the country, yeah. undefeated, playing in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. We knew we were not going to the tournament because of a self impose um, mm-hmm. restriction that we couldn't go to postseason and everyone thought Illinois was going to win except for our team right. and that shot by Matt Sylvester right. to win and that that kind of changed everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Daquan Cook, Cook was in the uh, in the crowd that game right. and you know obviously we know Daquan Cook and Michael Conley right. and Good Greg Oden came in yeah. but that game in particular right. was one and then my first Final Four where with Scooney Penn and Michael Red, when they won in the regionals, uh, when they beat St. St. John's, mm-hmm. uh, and Ron Artest was on that team, um, going to the Final Four and broadcasting my first Final Four was a thrill. Mm-hmm. 
as you think about your broadcasting career, who have been some of your mentors? Well, I mean, one of my former teammates, um, Clark Kellogg, I mean, he is the best of the best in what he does. He is clearly the best. And I marvel at that. When you think about college football and college basketball, the two marquee names are Buckeyes, mm. Clark Kellogg and Kirk Herbstreit. Wow. Think about that. Wow. And I think that lends itself to the fact that what I, my point I made earlier about you are exposed to top level uh of excellence that you have to develop to be able to talk as an athlete. You are going to be interviewed if you're an Ohio State basketball mm-hmm. player, football player. But um, yeah, so Clark has been one, and, I, and even Herb Street when he was here with the with ninety seven point one, the fan it was WBNS uh, fourteen sixty back in the day. But um, those two guys really helped my career. Would encourage me, and still today, you know, I talk to Clark a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, off the court. And away from the mic, you're a successful businessman mm-hmm. in Columbus, and your entire family works in the business with you yeah. and your wife. Talk about that blessing and that experience, having your whole family working together. Yeah, man, Tim, that's, I'm so proud about that. My my dad was a laborer. He mm-hmm. was in the construction business and was sixth grade educated, so he did mm-hmm. the best he could. Mm-hmm. And he exposed me to things, loved me and supported me and taught me how to work. And then when I went to Ohio State, I was exposed to a couple of things. I was exposed to knowledge from my education. I was exposed to access. I was mentored by some incredible people. And I worked for a subsidiary of the Columbus Dispatch for many years where I kind of cut my teeth in learning the print marketing business. But I always desired to own my own company. Mm. And I jokingly say this, um, date myself a little bit. There was a show called The Jeffersons. Yeah. And uh, the guy <laughs> who kind of led, yeah, yeah, who, who led the show owned his own dry cleaning company. Right. And I said, man, he owns his own business. So long story short, when I got the opportunity to start my own business uh, back in 2003, I was so thrilled because I knew it could be something I could build to leave a legacy right. to my children and my children's children. So, so excited about having several companies today. Marketing, printing, warehousing fulfillment is one of them. And then I also have a uh, commercial painting and real estate company. Mm. Do you have your uh, George Jefferson dance down? <laughs> no, no, I'm not much of a dancer. But, but that was always the fun George, part of the show, right. George Jefferson doing his thing. Doing his that show. walk that he had, that walk, too. Oh, yeah. He had that. <laughs> a yeah. bad man walk. Bad yeah. Man walk, you know? Yep, yep. The team at the Financial Solutions Network is proud to partner with Tim Brown and bring you this episode of Be A Baller. Our mission is to share generously of our time, talent, and financial resources to help our clients develop financial plans and wealth management strategies that allow them to live the lives they imagine while connecting them with experiences and people that enhance their quality of life. FCA is one of those organizations by helping young men and women through the development of their personal faith. The Financial Solutions Network is an independently owned and managed wealth advisory firm based in Worthington, Ohio. We are a multi-generational professional team of advisors with a combined 83 years of experience teaching and managing financial strategies for individuals, families, businesses, and institutions. We would be honored to help you plan your financial journey. Contact us at 614-505-3025 or visit our website at tfsn.net. You know, you kind of uh, spoke about this uh, uh, 
just a minute about legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a legacy po- podcast about mm-hmm. building a legacy. What would you say? What's the legacy of Ronnie Stokes? What does that word mean to you? Well, when you think about, I go back to when I realized what it really means to be a man of God is that there's certain mm-hmm. responsibilities that you have, not just being the financial leader, but being a spiritual leader of your household. And part of that is is a financial one with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and being able to leave your family something when you leave this earth. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was very important to me. So I wanted to acquire assets and things that my kids can learn from mm-hmm. and also can hang on to to develop if they so desire. So, you know, the one company that I have is called Lars. LLC and each initial stands for my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, L for Laurel, A for Amber, R for Ron Jr., and then S for Sydney. Mm-hmm. And uh, each of them have a piece of the company, wow. and each of them work within the company along with my wife. And I tell you, Tim, there's no better joy. My son is in there like 150%. My other kids are not in there as much, but the joy of me working with him every day, every day. and mm-hmm. teaching him how to be successful. I, I can't put a price on that, bro. I right. cannot. What a blessing. What a blessing. It's a blessing. You know, as we wrap up and we began talking about legacy, you and a group of guys from Ken every year, yeah. the project during the holiday time, giving back to the community. Can you talk about why that project is so important to wow. you? Wow. Ray, Ray Ellis is mm-hmm. a uh, guy who kind of mentored me when he played at Kent McKinley and then he went on to Ohio State was part of a, a very good team and, and then he played in the NFL, went to the um, Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, mm. also played with the Cleveland Browns. Um, he called me up one day and said, hey, Ron, I think we need to do something in our hometown. We need to do something to give back. Myself, along with Troy Taylor, Phil Hubbard and a mm. bunch of other former uh, Kentonians and, and Bulldogs, we basically said we're going to do something. So this year is our fourth year that every December – we help raise money. We give our time and effort and our own money. We feed a minimum of a thousand families. We mm. give them turkeys, food boxes, mm. and other things. And I, I tell you, Tim, when you're sitting there and you see a line that's two miles long of people who mm. need that food, mm. and you're giving them that box, man, I, I, I that emotion, mm. like I'm feeling it right now. It's mm. like it's it's like it's a blessing to be able to be a blessing to other people. Mm. And so uh, my mom and dad taught me that. As a kid. So I'm so thrilled that I'm in a position to help others. So we're honored. We're looking forward to continue to do it. We got great support from the, the city of Canton, uh, companies like Giant Eagle. Uh, it, it's just a blessing that we're helping the community. Well, Ryan, as we wrap up, I want to thank you for just being an example, being an example of, a, of a, you know, they, sometimes, you know, people talk about af- athletes mm-hmm. and what they don't do, which is what we always hear. But they miss what what athletes are doing with their yeah. influence, with their time, talent, yeah. and treasure. And then another thing I want to thank you for is being a family man. Thank you. You know, being being that example, of what a godly man looks like. You know, that story of you and your wife and all the years you guys have been together, and mm-hmm. your children and grandchildren. What a legacy! What a legacy! You know, in our family, I call it the Brown Nation. Oh man, I love it. Are. That's I what love it. Guys, so I'm proclaiming today. You guys are the Stokes Nation. Amen. You know, I love family. it. We are. You are a nation. <laughs> I receive that, brother. Amen. I receive that, well, and we'll it. plant that and grow you it. Got I love it. it. You got it. This brings us into this episode. Thanks to our special guest, uh, Ronnie Stokes, for sharing his sports journey and business journey with us today. Uh, we want to and. 
recognize that Ronnie, um, you can listen to him on OSU Radio and 97.1 The Fan. Yep. Uh, make sure you catch an Ohio State game. Yes, sir. Listen to the, the voice. I, I know Paul Kills is the voice, but I'm you the voice because <laughs> you've been around a little longer. <laughs> so, Ronnie, thanks for being on the show. As always, I want to thank our audience for listening to this enlightening and informed discussion on how to build a legacy in sports. Hope this episode was beneficial to you. As always, continue to be a baller. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this podcast with family and friends. Be a Baller podcast is available on all major podcast stations. Be sure to come back next week as we continue to discuss on how to build a lifelong legacy. Until then, don't forget to be a baller. This podcast was created by Coach Tim Brown. It was edited by Tehran Howe and produced and recorded by the video production class of Worthington Christian High School.